Welcome back to The Wrong Opinion Presents, a movie podcast. This week we are talking about Drive-Away Dolls and Madam Web, two, uh, two very different movies. We're going to start off with, uh, let's start off with Drive-Away Dolls. This was on my short list of movies I was most excited for this year, going into this year. There was this, there was Lisa Frankenstein, there was Love Lies Bleeding. Uh, immediately once I saw the trailer, Civil War got on that list too, because holy smokes. Um, Drive-Away Dolls was supposed to release back last uh, September, and then they moved it all the way to, obviously they, they had to move it with the, the, the strikes and everything, but they moved it to February, and I don't really get that. Um, I guess this is clearly the best movie of this early slate in terms of um, just in terms of classically good. Like Beekeeper, I might have enjoyed more. Uh, I liked Lisa Frankenstein a lot, and I, I missed talking about both those two. But you'll hear it in my uh, year in review, I guess, months from now. Um, but Driver with Dolls was obviously written by and directed by Ethan Cohen, along with uh, it was written along with Ethan's wife Trisha Cook. Uh, if you are wondering which of the Cohen brothers is the weird one, which is the classically trained one, uh, when you watch their movies, you can see that there's a little bit of both, right? And you assume that both are classically trained and both are a little bit weird. Uh, compare this movie to Macbeth, which was Joel Cohen by himself, and you can see that <laughs> Ethan's the weird one. Uh, also, just kind of, uh, and uh, their, their wives, I think, sort of exemplify that as well. Uh, Joel Cohen's married to Frances McDormand, three-time Oscar winner, very classically, uh, just, you know, iconic. And Ethan is married to Trisha Cook, who um, who wrote this movie, which is <laughs> weird. And it, it's obviously, uh, at least fairly personal to her. Uh, they, they have an interesting relationship in that they're both married, clearly happily married, um, have kids together, but she is an out lesbian. She calls herself a lesbian and queer, not bisexual, which um, just, you know, interesting, different, working for them. And this movie was very clearly an ode to queer cinema. Not something you often see as much anymore, mostly because it's just not, it's like calling something exploitation. Like, it's just not, because it's it's more mainstream now, uh, the genre kind of just dissipates into normalcy, you know? But the movie starts with, well, the movie actually starts with a very short Pedro Pascal appearance he's not in the movie nearly as much as kind of i thought actually um i thought he was gonna end up being one of the big bands and he's really just in it for the first little bit and then you see his face <laughs> later i don't want to give that away the first opening scene though it initially was really really funny uh pedro is like tweaking out freaking out that somebody's after him he's got uh, a briefcase in his hand at some diner and he's just so paranoid but it turns out he's right to be paranoid because the waiter is trying to kill him um, and then the action sequence is kind of egregiously bad, so it kind of hurt the first couple minutes of the movie, but it was still hilarious at the beginning. And then it cuts right into a fairly graphic sex scene between um, between the main character, Jamie, and her, I guess you'd call it her mistress. She's cheating on her, uh, her, her cop girlfriend. And I, assuming you've seen the trailer, they're trying to get to Tallahassee, they take part in a drive away, you, know, you pick up a car, you drive it, pay you to drive it they need a car somewhere you need to be somewhere bada bing bada boom and then she and her friend so jamie of course is played by margaret qualley who's just having a killer year and a half her friend marion who's played by geraldine viswanathan i'm sorry for pronouncing your name wrong who's had a solid career so far and i'm just based on this assuming it's gonna uh, gonna keep going up 
they find something. They find something in the car that kind of freaks them out, and they realize somebody is after it. We don't know who the somebody is. We don't know what the something is until a little bit later. The reveal of what the something is is done hysterically, and it's a slow burn, so you don't have a hint of what it is. And then when you know, you're like, oh, that's freaking hilarious. This movie was also extremely political, and not like a, not, not a preachy way, not even trying to teach it, but just the fact that politics exist. It was, it, it's just a very interesting, it's very late 90s in that sense. In a lot of ways, this movie is a 90s movie. It's just a movie that's not really made now. Again, it's got, it's queer cinema. It's very Thelma and Louise. Uh, it talks about politics without it being a moral standpoint, right? Um, <laughs> except at the end when they, uh, the two main characters are speaking to a Republican senator and they say, we're Democrats. Speaking of which, Margaret Qualley's accent, I've heard people talking bad about this accent. It was so funny. It was just this egregious, it was bad. It was a bad Southern accent. I think it was intentionally bad. Um, I'm just a huge fan of bad accents. People will judge movies based off their accents. I don't understand. Like, I'll never be upset about a bad accent in a movie. Have you never heard somebody with a weird voice? You know, consistency is all I really care for. And if the characterization is right with the with the accent, like uh, like Tom Hanks and Catch Me If You Can, the accent is bad, but it fits the character and it's funny. So like, why are we complaining? You know, there's also a secondary. Um, so the you know the main plot is following the two girls who, of course, end up falling in love. It's very beautiful. Uh, but then there's a secondary plot line following the two guys who are following the girls, the two goons, uh, Arliss and Flint, arguing about the best way to... <laughs> one of them is a straight-up goon uh, who wants to, you know, as they're following the path of the girls, he wants to just, like, force everybody into submission to tell them where the girls are, where the other guy wants to kind of woo everybody and wants to be nice and wants to be liked so that they give him the answers that he wants. And it turns out both are wrong, both are idiots, and uh, doesn't really end well for both. Uh, the fact that the two are up for about, like, awake for about 72 hours straight makes it even funnier because you can kind of see their de devolution. It's, it's just, it's fantastic. Um, lastly, last point, there is one character who, he was, based on the content I've heard about the movie, nobody really saw it coming that he was going to be in this movie. And I don't watch trailers, I avoid trailers. I saw a few for this one, obviously, because it's, you know, I go to a lot of movies. Um, and I saw, I, I knew this character was going to be in it, and I wasn't shocked when he was in it, but other people were. So I don't want to spoil it for you. It's also the guy who, if you're, <laughs> if you got a movie and you're like, I want a secret celebrity cameo, who am I going to pick? It's it's this guy. Um, and it was, it was really good, really brief, really funny. So I enjoyed it. Overall, this movie had a couple, like, just pacing flaws. So, like... I wasn't disappointed at this movie. It was It's one of my favorite movies of the year. Um, I think when I went into it, I was expecting a 7 or 8 out of 10, hoping for a 10 out of 10, and I got an 8 out of 10. So, you know, I'm happy. I liked it. Um, one odd bit was that I, the movie I was expecting to see didn't happen until an hour into the movie, and it's an hour and 25, it's an hour and 25 minute movie, um, which it, it's, the, the pacing was just not what I expected, and I think some of it was, subpar with that being said this movie was supposed to be funny it was supposed to be enjoyable and it was that so like what am i saying you should cut jokes for the sake of pacing in a goofy weird comedy like no it was it, i'm happy with it i did want to point out one flaw uh they talk about this movie set in 99 quite clearly 99 there's literally a, a subtitle that says this is 1999 
they talk about getting married, gay marriage, like two women getting married in Massachusetts. I don't think gay marriage was legal in Massachusetts in 1999. Let's look it up real quick, actually. 2004. Flaw in an otherwise great movie. Hate it. As far as best quote, there were a lot of quotes I loved in the movie simply because of Margaret uh, Mar- Qualley's accent. It made every, like, uh, the senator says, who are you? Democrats. That's hilarious just because of her, of her accent, but whatever. Uh, one line I liked, I've had it with love. I can't believe it's relevant to the 21st century lesbian. That's hilarious. And frankly, with movie, movies like this, there's just there's not like the single line where it absolutely kills you. Uh, but the genius of their script writing is, is that it's a slow burn to hilarity. So, uh, dumbest review. The Daily Beast called this the longest 84 minutes anyone will spend in a theater this year. Was he just having a bad day? Like, how do you watch the movie and not at least be like, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um, I'm assuming there's going to be a lot of uh, political ones. (laughs) So we're just going to avoid those. Like, sorry, there's lesbians in movies. Probably a boring person in life. Someone called this the worst Cohen film ever. Frankly, I mean, the worst Cohen film ever is one of the top ten movies of all time. So what are you going to do? And this guy called it a... uh, a frustrated lesbian fantasy that Ethan Cohen and his wife Trisha Cook decided they would create during a bad Ayahuasca trip mixed with ecstasy and a dildo fetish. I'm assuming that's a drug that I don't know how to pronounce. Um, I guess I should do more drugs. Sorry about that. Uh, no plot and lewd. It is it is lewd. That that is that is true. Uh, it's an excuse to show two hours of lesbians talking about sex and having sex. I think there's one sex scene. I think there's only one sex scene it should have had an nc-17 or x rating why because you see a pair of boobs i think you only see one pair of boobs it's uh that's not an x rating i think if it were a guy and a girl the guy probably wouldn't say the uh, the same thing uh that's as much as i'm saying about that uh and my favorite ones are people talking about uh margaret Qualley's bad accent first of all this guy said the lame texas quote-unquote accident was awful that's that's the wrong word. I don't know if you were trying to make a joke there, but uh, it wasn't funny. I recommend you watch this if you like indie movies, if you like um, queer cinema and have been missing it because it's just not as... There's still queer cinema, but there's it's stuff like Dick's the Musical and that I'm just not going to talk about that movie again in my life. Um, but I, I fully recommend this movie. It's absolutely hilarious, even if you're not even if you don't care about the gay stuff, if you're just into funny, quirky movies, this is it. This this was one of the funniest movies of the year. So it, it's March. So like, what are we saying? But still, um, second movie that I saw this week, second movie that we're going over, Madam Web. Now listen, when I first heard this movie was going to come out after a couple of years of Sony doing poorly, uh, you know, Venom was fine. I liked Venom a lot. Morbius wasn't great. I just knew that I wasn't going to like this movie a lot. I knew that Madam Web wasn't going to be great. So I'm not going to sit here after going to a movie I knew I wouldn't love and talk a bunch of crap about it. It wasn't that good of a movie. It's going to be on some of the worst of lists this year. Um, that being said, I'm kind of hoping for a sequel. There were parts of it that um, were at least fairly enjoyable. The, the performances I really enjoyed. Um, Dakota Johnson is just... She's an absolute star. Like, the, the camera is obsessed with her. It, I don't even know how to word it other than, like, she's like a black hole 
sucking my eyes in no matter what she's doing and she clearly seemed a little bit bored with this movie um and her <laughs> her pressers her press stuff it's been hilarious i'm gonna go over a few of these and dakota johnson has been like the iconic presser <laughs> since the 2019 was like ellen with limes something weird um she lied about liking limes it's that's odd she was asked what her uh, she <laughs> she admitted to watching. She said four percent of all the Marvel movies. She was asked to name the three Tom Holland Spider Man movies, which, by the way, it's a different universe. I don't think she knew that, but yeah, whatever. Um, so she asked. She was asked the name of the three Tom Holland movies. The three she said were Spider Man, Here He Comes, Spider Man, and He's Back, and then the final one, The Goblet of Spider Man. And then in another one, she, the interviewer seemed so fascinated with a line she said talking about, I think it's actually gone viral, just a line from the movie where she says, God, what does she say? I want to get this exactly. Because it wasn't actually in the movie. So the, the viral line that the interviewer thought was hilarious was, he was in the Amazon with my mom when she was researching spiders before she died. Why is that funny? Even out of context, it's like, yeah, out of context, it doesn't make sense. And she said the exact same thing in the interview. I don't, I, I, I don't know. Watching her get interviewed is one of my favorite things in the world. Also, I didn't know she was Don Johnson's daughter until her SNL appearance. Am I an idiot for not knowing that, or is that, like, common knowledge? It's got to be common knowledge. I'm just an idiot. Um, on top of that, Sydney Sweeney was pretty good. I think she's a fine actress. She's a TV actress trying to break into uh, into the movie game, um, obviously in some of the most iconic TV shows of the last couple of years. And then she was in a Anyone But You, which a lot of people liked. Uh, made a lot of money for the raunchy rom-com genre to make a to take a step back up uh still haven't seen it yet somehow but made a bunch of money so uh, uh more than this one did this is one of the least grossing marvel movies of all time one thing that this movie did really well though was the costumes for the for the superhero characters but we never actually saw them in costume <laughs> we saw them in like in in uh, visions of the future we saw them in costumes but not in real life um and my biggest issue my biggest issue number one the, the main bad guy um really the only bad guy he's played by Taha rahim who's born in france i don't i i've never seen him before i guess he was in napoleon i think he doesn't speak english and he was just reading his lines by sound because it was just not it was not good he was so, so bad but again i'm not sitting here to talk much crap about this movie the four main actresses were really good and emma roberts was in this movie for some reason um adam scott though is clearly one of this generation's best actors who's just not in a lot of stuff for some not a lot of great stuff for some reason because to be in a bad movie that's written poorly just frankly and still shine that's that's skill so adam scott a1 you get the mvp of this movie not spoiling anything madam webb in the comics she's blind she's uh she can't walk at the end of the movie, she has been blinded, and she's been unable to be walking now. She's sitting in a hospital bed, turns to the three girls, the um, Julia Carpenter, Annette Corazon, and Maddie Franklin. She looks at them and says, without a hint of irony, I wouldn't be here if not for you three, and met it as a compliment. She's blinded and injured. That being said, I'm kind of hoping for a sequel. They set it up to, uh, like, the three girls didn't have powers yet, and just, there's a lot of star power in this movie. I would not hate, I would, like, if there's a sequel, I'm going to watch it, and it might be as bad as this one, 
but whatever. Um, this movie did not make a lot of money, though, so there's just not going to be a sequel. I'm sorry. Uh, my favorite part of the movie, though, uh, she stole an ambulance from EMTs who were actively going into a house. That's just an insane thing to steal. There's a lot of logic flaws with this movie. Uh, I'd recommend Madam Web if you... Uh, man... It just wasn't a very good movie. So if it, it's released at a, at a point of the year where a lot of not great movies are coming out. Um, so if you got an extra you know, weekend night, nothing better to do. There's worse things you could do than go to this movie. It's at the very least enjoyable, almost sarcastically because you can laugh at it. Um, dumbest reviews about this movie. I don't... <laughs> I'm not sure how dumb reviews are going to be. Uh, RogerEbert.com, Christy Lemire. She gave this movie a 63 out of 100. She called it blissfully breezy in pacing, which I'm going to totally agree with. This movie is paced pretty well. One flaw with this movie, though, again, um, one flaw with this movie, there are a lot of, like, uh, she can see the future, so she can, like, there's pauses where she's flashing forward and flashing back, and I think they just didn't have enough content to make this a two-hour movie, and they wanted it to be, um, so they made those scenes extra long. Like, there was, like, three-minute scenes where you're just seeing, like, flashes of light, uh, as she's like seeing the future and it's just just cut that down you know but outside of that it was paced really well but see even like like this movie i'm, I'm gonna say a bad review is dumb but a good review she said things that are like movie is more enjoyable than some of the super serious end of the world fare we often see that's fair you know doesn't mean this is a 63 out of 100 but whatever another person said this movie would not work without johnson who's gift for side eye and deadpan the one this i don't Am I an idiot? Do I just not understand what woke means? People always say movies are woke. And I'm always surprised, because, like, what? <laughs> I, I don't understand what woke means. So if somebody wants to explain that to me, tweet me at a wrong opinion. Or WO presents. Because this review said that they're trying to force feed the message down consumers' throats. What message was this movie trying to portray, and what was woke about it? I don't know. Somebody can tweet me. Uh, that being said, I'm sick of, uh, I want to see more auteur work in franchise building james gunn auteur his movies are great uh john favreau auteur his movies are great in the mcu um and outside the mcu and then when the in the iron man 2 when studio interference comes in that movie's worse guardians 2 studio interference comes in the movie's worse taika ytt uh putting you in a different category because uh that's a yeah swing and a hit and then a swing and just a launch the bat into the stands clonked an old lady in the head if you hate my wrong opinions, tweet me at WO Presents. We've got the Oscar show coming later this week. Make sure to check out what kind of forever that I did with Josh a little bit ago. And then later this month, we'll be doing Ant-Man and the Wasp with Ricky Z. Make sure to check out Comic Central on Snapchat. And if you like NBA, watch Wrong Opinion, useless NBA trivia, NBA rankings. Or just listen to it. You can watch it if you want, but nothing's going to change. You're just going to be staring at a, staring at a picture. Uh, until then... Peace out.